0: All right, guys, big episode of the Nordy's podcast. Our Vikings lose, but they're still 10-3. and 3. It's going to be all right. Gopher basketball is horrible. Gopher hockey is hot. And we make our picks for the final four of the World Cup. Here we go. Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How is it going, guys? Ah, pretty good. I'm all right. How are you? Great. We're not in person this week, um, but it still is going to be a great episode for everybody. Lots for us to talk about. And I know, I, I feel like people are more excited to listen to our podcast when the Vikings lose mm-hmm. than when they win. Yeah. It's mostly because they're wondering, they're wondering, are they going to get rational, Eric, or are they going to get off the rails, Eric? Really? Sometimes I mean, we don't even know. It's a Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde situation. I appreciate that. I've seen well, really, you go
1: from I've seen you go from rational Eric to raincloud Eric back to irrational Eric in Eight Mm -hmm. sentences. Yep, (laughs) yep, and that'll be fun.
0: Yes. All right, so we got lots to talk about, but before we do, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast and subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Each and every week. Man, do we
2: deliver. Fuck Twitter. I think
0: once we get to a 1,000 episodes, I should just get a tattoo that says that. What, 1,000 episodes? No, just that whole speech. Oh, Oh, sure. No, and
1: get it on on your rib cage right below your boob yeah like yeah the yeah. Chips it, it, do. First,
2: yeah. yeah it'll first. be like oh wow he's really religious they so get closer it's like what instagram and <laughs> twitter yeah. he
1: fucking abraham lincoln <laughs> yeah. 316
2: <right>, let's go <laughs> all right guys what are you drinking tonight all right i'm at a solid solid lagunitas i'm drinking their ipa it's been around forever you, and when you pour it in a glass boy does it taste good better out of a glass
1: that's the key not the that's bottle the, it's glass. one of the
2: keys yeah but it's still a solid recipe i enjoy this beer People are going back to making beer a little closer to this too, by the way.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of which, I met our friends from, oh God, I already forgot the name of the city, uh, Junkyard.
2: Oh, okay. um, I've
1: been getting a lot of, I'm getting a lot of Moorhead. I've been getting a lot of Junkyard lately. I went When I went to the, the liquor store, I, I didn't see a lot of uh, new stuff. So Junkyard always, as we've always said, they don't hold any of their recipes too near and dear to their heart, uh, but it's, you know, some variation. This is... Um, a New England-style IPA that's, like,
0: it, kind of in the same vein that Jimbo Jimbo's talking about. It's really good. Tweet. All right, guys. I'm drinking Untitled Art. Uh, there's Cerveza Sin Nombre, Mexican-style lager. Mm-hmm. Second straight week. Well, we didn't have it on the show last week. Just said oh, that.
1: you're right. You're right. You like it?
0: Yeah, I do. It's just a nice, simple beer. There you go. I was trying to, like, get my Jimbo on with it, but, like, do it from, like, a cooler place.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
0: that should be easy. Not to...
1: Not to that belabor this, topic.
0: but what was the beer
1: that we, we had for, like, one of us had, like, eight weeks in a row? Do we remember that one? Dinosaur guys, Pants guys, or something? Yeah. Oh, so it was Dinosaur That was a good yeah. bit. If you Dinos- would have pulled
0: one out tonight, I would have been it. If excited. I
2: had one, oh, my God. You just put it up in the camera, and that's it. But I, I they're gone, man. They're gone forever now. I mean, it's got to be in the Nordy Noms just for that alone, I think. Maybe we should. It's got to be. Maybe, uh, you know, Falling Knife our friends, maybe we should have them brew it up for us. Get some co-branding cool going. That could be fun. Perfect. I'll hit him up. All right,
0: all right, guys. What's not going to be as fun as us having to talk about our Minnesota Vikings finally losing mm-hmm. again. Uh, they fall thirty-four to twenty-three to the red-hot Detroit Lions. Can't believe I've. That's the first time in my life I've ever red-hot Detroit Lions. I
1: mean, at least since Barry Sanders or since Calvin Johnson retired. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their so ass coach to, is like kicking butt over there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think just also if you've had like a top-five pick for like. 20 straight years. Uh, you're eventually going to be good. Like fall backwards into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eventually you're just going to have so many talented players that like even your organization can't fuck it up. So yeah. they were, are a pretty solid team. They've won five out of six. They're still uh six and seven on the season and probably on the outside looking in for the playoffs, but a kind of a hot team going into next season for sure. So uh, Vikings, they fall to 10 and three. We're going to have some good and some bad here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still the number two team in the NFC. Uh, which would still give them a pretty good matchup in round one. Kirk Cousins. Uh, he's been a little up and down the last couple of weeks. I thought he was fantastic on uh, Thanksgiving against the Patriots. He really struggled against the Jets. And then what a show he put on yesterday. This was one of his finest games of his entire career. He was absolutely shredding Detroit through for over 400 yards There wasn't a single second of that game that I thought one negative thought about Kirk Cousins, and that is a good feeling. The whole game, I was like, Kirk is here to fucking battle. And his line was crumbling around him. At one point, we were down to our third string left tackle. We were missing our second best player in Christian Derrissaw. We were missing our starting center. If you asked a quarterback which two players on the team he would want out the least, he would say his center and his left tackle. I heard so, I, when I
1: heard Oli Udo's name, I started having like
0: convulsions. I was oh, like yeah. shivering from yeah. PTSD. <laughs> so that wasn't great. Um and then Jefferson is completely out of his mind right now. Out of his he, mind. He he is already at 1500 yards on Redonk. the season. Love it. He has uh 99 catches. He leads the league in targets. He had over 200 yards yesterday breaking the franchise record. He was screwed out of thirty-three more in a touchdown when he didn't yep. go out of bounds, but the dusty refs messed it up. So he should have had another. 30, he should be at fifteen hundred thirty-three and seven touchdowns. That's but one of refs- those.
1: That's one of those coaching things for the referees of like let it go. And if he's out, mm-hmm. then we can review it and put him back there. But if you if you call that,
0: then there's no coming back. Yeah, yeah, sucks. Hated that. Um, Jefferson at this point needs to average exactly one hundred and twenty-five yards over his next four games to have the first ever 2,000 yards in NFL history. Very doable. Wow.
2: He could do it. I he feel like that's second. now more. Is, is it weird that I, I would rather almost have that happen than us, like get the one seed or something? That sounds so cool for Jefferson to happen.
0: It is a little weird, but I'm cheering for it very, very, very much. Hopefully, I love Jeff- hopefully the same thing
1: doesn't happen with, uh, with like with AP when they thought his whole team had thought he had broken the 2,000 yards or whatever it was, the rushing record. And he was like eight yards short, but everybody
0: ran on the field and like picked him up. Well, he got to two thousand for only the second time or third time ever in NFL history. But he finished eight yards behind Eric Dickerson's mm. all-time single. That's piece what it was. Record. But okay. the team,
1: when he he broke off like a twenty-yard run, and everybody on the sideline ran over congratulating him, like he broke it. But he was still eight yards short. Yeah, that was wrong. And but then still... Childress threw three balls in a row just to fuck you one last time. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: Um, so those things were great. I thought cousins was just miraculous in this game. And I thought Jefferson was, I mean, he, he's mesmerizing to watch. The guy is always open. He makes so many incredible catches. I just don't know if I've ever felt so confident in an offensive player, um, as I do with Jefferson. I mean, and that's coming from someone who grew up on Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Adrian Peterson, so on and so forth. And I think Jefferson, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think Jefferson is better than all of them. I, I'm not saying his career has been better than them. That's not that's not fair. He's in year, He hasn't played three years yet. But at this point of his career, I don't think there is an offensive non-quarterback that has been as good as, as Jefferson at this point. And the, the stats would back that up. Too.
2: So quick question. I know he was one yard back on the season leader with Hill, right? Yeah, and did he with two hundred something? I mean, he he. I, I know Hill had a good game too. I saw a highlight from him where he was fucking nuts. Like, it yeah, he's, he's off by minute. I want to
0: say forty yards or something. I can look it up really fast. But so they both had he good is games,
2: for, but we're, we're up now.
0: He's, he is exactly forty yards up on it. So that's a big, that's a
2: big uh, gap to put in there in one game.
0: Yeah, so he's up forty yards now. He's way up on Digs. He's uh two hundred and fifty three yards up on Digs in third. So okay. it's. Bill and Jefferson battling it out, both trying to get to 2,000. Um, I think it's exciting. It's really fun. It's a little fun subplot to a great season already. So we're keeping it pretty positive here. Um, There are a couple things that are negative even from the offense. Dalvin Cook is washed. He's he's washed up.
2: We're going back to that?
0: He's washed up. I mean, ESPN even did an article um, on regression of players, and they had Cook as, like, the number one guy. Like, who has like the most. reason
1: they decided to write the story? Which is crazy too, because yeah. he's had some home run plays in big moments. I mean, you know, obviously the um, the touchdown against Buffalo to kind of spur on the comeback Breakaway at that point one, yeah. um, was a was a big one. That was like seventy something yards. He had another. He's had another long run, and everyone's like, "See, he's fine." But like, you watch yeah, some of his runs.
0: And he had the one against the Dolphins, both. The Dolphins, that
1: was the other one. But like all the other stuff, you just see him like hesitating and missing holes that are there. I mean, he's not putting his foot in the ground and like getting upfield. It's just, I think the NFL has taken its toll on him and he's no longer the player that he once was, which was Mm. oft injured, but really good when he was on the field.
0: Yeah, no, he's he's a great player still. I mean, he's like third, top five in the league in rushing, or at least he was going into last week. Um, He, you know, it's not that he's bad. It's just two years ago he had 250 yards more than he was supposed to gain. So someone goes through and says, like, how many yards you you're supposed to gain on any given run? So it's like a real advanced metric. So he was 250 yards more than he was supposed to get. Then last year he was 91 yards. More than he was supposed to get, right? So he had a big step down, but still was good. Added almost a hundred extra yards. So this is is this
1: like uh, some sort of amalgamation of like yards after contact for a running back, not from a receiving standpoint, but for like once you get tackles that
0: guys should or shouldn't break, kind of thing. Gotcha. So like contact that you or missed tackles. I'm sure there's some formula to it too, but. Um, so he was plus 250, plus 91, and now going into la- this week where he had an, a horrible week, he was at, already at negative five for the season. I'm guessing so he's he a lot like,
2: worse because we had like 40 running yards total or something, didn't we?
0: And so when you think about it, it's not necessarily that, that um, you know, like his stats are still good because the Vikings have a pretty good run game in general. I know it didn't look like it yesterday, but for the season, we've ran the ball pretty well. And so... um yeah, Cook is a little bit washed. I would imagine he's going to be one of the first guys out the door um, next season. And then the other big piece is Blake Brandle tore his MCL. out for at least four weeks. Christian Derrissaw needs to come back. He was cleared. They're trying to take care of this concussion and make sure he's healthy for the playoffs. Um, but here's a stat for you. Uh, Vikings without um, Derrissaw, 2.88 yards per rush for the season without Derasa. Vikings with Derasa, 4.67 yards per rush. Mm. Um, Vikings without Derasa, 0.71 yards per rush before contact. With Derasa, 1.35 yards per contact or before contact. I mean contact. that's
1: twice I mean that's twice as much. That's yes. that's insane.
0: Vikings with Derasa off the field, 37.5 of their runs uh are for zero yards or negative yards. And then with Derasa, it's only 21. A third
1: of our runs are for negative yardage. Essentially,
0: without without, without Darius, yeah, and it's a fifth with him on the field. So I mean, he's such a difference maker. He's the second best player on the Vikings. He's I missed suppose, a lot. I of mean, I suppose
1: like it's why left tackle is the most important part of the offensive line, and yeah. when you're franchise guy at that spot goes down for multiple weeks at a time and then his backup goes down.
0: It's tough. Yeah. Really tough to come back from that. So we need Derrissaw back. He should be back this week. Um, But all the news isn't good with the Vikings because the defense is dead. I wanted to say (laughs) dying. I typed dying on my list. I was going to say life support, but let's be serious. It's been five weeks, uh, a five week death. Mm. Um, They are absolutely bleeding yards. For the first time in franchise history, they've given up over 400 yards in five straight games. They are making average players look great. Great players look like Hall of Famers. Um, They are getting absolutely torched at giving up um, 335 yards per game passing in that stretch as well. Uh, They have the worst pass defense in the NFL now. Not going to lie,
1: that's why I picked up a couple receivers in fantasy because uh, I knew they were good for at least
0: five catches. Mm. That's sad. Yeah, And then this week you had no um, Harrison Smith as well. Uh, that's added to a group that's already without Andrew Booth, Caleb Evans, and Lewis Seen. Uh, the defensive backfield has been bad for years, but it is horrible this year. Our linebackers are terrible in coverage. And on top of that, our uh, team is incapable of, of pressuring a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, with well, everyone, Zadarius, everyone
1: but Zedarius, essentially.
0: Well, Zedarius has has is done now too. He has one sack in the last five games.
1: Oh, well, I and, thought he, I thought he's been kind of nursing an injury, and so it's been a little tougher. But like, when was the last time you heard Daniel Hunter with the sack? I mean, it's been like since like sack. week five. Yeah,
0: he has one sack in four games, and Smith has one sack in five games. uh Wanham's not getting pressure. We thought it would help getting Tomlinson back. We didn't even I think we had two quarterback hits against the Lions. I mean, this was the cleanest game that Jared Goff has ever had to play. He just was untouched all game long. Well, and that's the
1: thing, like it doesn't it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. If it's an NFL quarterback and they're given time in the pocket, you can't expect your defensive backs to cover for six, seven seconds, right, of a of a dropback. It's very it's very difficult. Especially when, like, oh, you had them covered early, but then they broke away and got open because Doff just kind of sat there, waited Mm -hmm. for a second, and then he came open because it's really hard to cover, you know, receivers for that long.
0: I'm not saying that guys weren't, weren't good at some point of the season, but currently um there is not really any good players on our defense uh the only players that i would say are are like pretty good even um are harrison smith and patrick peterson and they're both in their 30s as defensive backs yeah and i don't know if it's that they're necessarily so good it might just be that everybody else is so bad is kendrick's that just they... done in the in the 3-4 scheme like just can't do it anymore
1: I think, he might.
0: I think he's just so slow he was such a good coverage linebacker and now he's just chasing everything yeah. all game long. You see him pushing guys out of bounds from behind after giving up eight yards. Well, and Hicks isn't uh, any faster. No, they're just they're they're just absolutely s- stuck in in stone. And then the worst thing is also is that the draft class was supposed to be this big boost to our defense, and we're getting little to nothing from it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you drafted, you traded down pretty much to go two for one. And that was to get Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth uh, Jr., is it? Andrew Booth Jr.? I have to yep, correct. For some reason by that, correct. Um, so you had Lewis Seen at safety. He snapped his ankle in London, which was terrible. Andrew Booth, the cornerback, he was hurt so many times in college. And guess what? He's hurt so many times in the pros. Um, you drafted Brian Asamoah in the third round as well. He's a backup linebacker who can't really get on the field. You drafted a Caleb Evans, who was promising, but he's had three concussions now. Um, and I don't know if we'll see him again for the rest of the year. You drafted Asesi uh, Atamawu uh, from the Gophers, who is a de- defensive lineman. He didn't make a nice play yesterday, but he's added nothing to the team so far. And you—that's it. That was your whole draft on defense.
2: It's a lot of dudes. You think that a couple of those would pan out, but the injuries—we're and- not
0: getting anything yeah. from them. We're getting nothing. And so, for a defense that switched from a four-three to a three-four. And then added only the pieces of Zadarius Smith, um, Harrison Phillips, and uh, and Jordan Hicks, um, and Chandon Sullivan. That was your band-aids to try to fix this defense while the rookies could come in and you could move guys around. And I would just say that at this point it, it hasn't worked. Okay. The, the defense is tragic. And I don't have an answer on Ed Donatel. I know everybody is now calling for Ed Donatel's job. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't that. think it's,
1: like I don't necessarily know that it's Ed's fault as long as he doesn't just keep doing the same thing. Right. If at some point yeah. it's like, Ed, you can't keep running the same scheme. It's not working. You need to do something different. I'm not saying switch from a three four to four three. I mean like just, just the way he's scheming the defense. He needs to try something different. We never blitz. Maybe try blitzing every once in a while, mix it up. I don't know. I, I have I have no defensive answers. I don't have any sort of insight into the X's and O's but all I'm saying is whatever it is that they've been trying to stay consistent with with this like um, underneath you can beat us by a thousand cuts but you're not going to beat us with the big play well now they're beating us with a thousand cuts and the big plays so Mm. the the tape is out there right you 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 have to make an adjustment if he doesn't I don't even know who would step in to be the defensive coordinator at that point so I don't I don't again I don't know if that's the answer either and I think that's what Eric is advocating is that we don't have you know Clint Zimmer waiting in the wings you know to take over for his dad kind of situation what was his name oh shit sorry fucking my bad I forgot (laughs) I'm gonna delete that
2: we know you didn't
1: Adam. Adam I didn't mean no. that. Uh, uh, but anyway, we don't. There's not some like heir apparent kind of waiting uh, to take over. You know, Ed was like a short term solution while we have this other person that's you know going to take the reins. So I don't. Right. I don't think we're quite I'm ready stuck. in that position yet.
0: Yeah, I just am curious. Like, I don't have an answer if Donatello is doing a terrible job or not. I know that he's been put in a tough situation to move a bunch of guys, mid and late career guys into a totally different scheme that they're not really ever used to playing in and making them learn it on the fly. I mean, you kind of, but, but you I kind also, of had to know that going in, right, Eric? Yeah, I also don't know if he's back next year. I kind of think at this point I would guess it's more likely he's not back. And I think that, like, a big piece was that they thought, okay, KOC is super green. He's never been a head coach. <clears> he's <throat> the one of the youngest coaches in the whole league, if not the youngest. I mean, he's, like, in his 30s still. You brought in – um Uh, Phillips um, was, is, is the offensive coordinator. He's younger. And I think they thought like, we've got to bring in some experience into this um, coaching staff. And so I think bringing in an old guy like Donatel was a good move there. But at this point, I don't know if, if it fits, I think I would, I would be fine if they moved on at the end. So Mm -hmm. we do get to play two Saturday games at home. Our last two home games of the year, we get to play the pitiful Colts, who are on a three-game losing streak? They did have a buy this week, but they don't have a ton of offense. Uh, if Matt Ryan carves us a new asshole, we really have a lot to be concerned about because that team is pretty bad. That's
1: when you—that's when um, you run the the concern flag up the pole. No,
2: yeah. uh, my flag. Let's say that I'm at half staff. I know that sounds dirty, oh, but boy. <laughs> I'm already yeah, at half staff, boys.
0: Um, I—I I honestly don't think this game meant very much. I don't. This was a big game for the Lions. They had standing room only tickets. They were trying to like build this narrative of being this growing team that's on their way up. They've won all these games in a row. The Vikings, um, their, their playoff chances and their division chances um, going into the game were at over ninety nine percent, and after the game were over ninety nine percent. We went from the two seed to the two seed. Okay. And yeah. it's it just like the, the thing like is, that. is that like every team loses. Like Dallas almost lost to Houston, and Dallas has more losses than we do. The Niners. Everyone wants to talk about them. Well, why do they have four losses? On, you know, like these teams lose teams to division rivals as well. Yeah. Well, and um, everyone's
1: talking. Like I, I, I keep seeing the narrative. Like, can we just fast forward to the San Francisco Philadelphia NFC Championship game? And it's kind of like, well, hold on here. Let's 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 see Brock Purdy win. Just like a road game in the regular season, let alone the postseason. before we all of a sudden crown him, you know, mm-hmm. as like ready to roll into the NFC championship game. Like I know their defense is good, but there's still other questions that they need to answer. Uh, and they've been playing a shit schedule anyway. So like long before yeah, all
0: don't, that. Don't get wrong. The Niners are awesome. Their roster is so great. Their coaching staff is great. I'm not here to rip the Niners, but the Niners lost to the bears, the Broncos, the Falcons, and the Chiefs by a lot mm. to the Chiefs. Those are lost three by really 14, bad losses. And they lost by 14 to the Falcons. And I know those were a few weeks ago. I know that they're on a six-game winning streak. That's beautiful. That's really nice. And they're peaking at the right time. I get it. But I'm just saying, like, one loss on the road to a hot team is just not the end of days. And so yeah. Vikings fans need to keep a cool head. We're going to get Derisaw back. We're going to get Harrison Smith back. We're going to get um, uh, Bradbury back. We're going to get a bunch of guys back on this team, and we're going to look like a much better team next week. Um, We have two straight Sunday or Saturday home games, home against the Colts, and then Christmas Eve. I do want to talk about this. There is a Christmas Eve whiteout um, for the stadium. I'm pumped. I ordered myself white sweatpants to wear to the game because I'm so excited about the whiteout. I, I have a white jersey. I'm going with my dad. I got him a white Pepper jersey he's going to wear. We're going full-on whiteout because it's never happened at U.S. Bank Stadium, so I'm feeling it. Um, but we've seen some random photos online of a possible whiteout helmet. Have you guys seen this? No.
2: A oh. Whiteout hel- like the Vikings are going to wear a white helmet?
0: Yeah. Like the rumor is that the Vikings are going to wear an all-white jersey with an all-white helmet.
2: Ooh. Kind of dope. That'd be kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I know. It looks sweet. I need to find it for you guys, um, Eric. Before or... we
1: before we move on from the Vikings, I know we're we you know we've we've spent our uh you know the majority of our budget of time on them. Do you have dude? That's pretty. That's, that's sweet, dude. That is. If awesome. If these
0: are fake, I'm gonna rage. Yeah, all white Vikings helmet. I will rage if this is Those not are cool. real. At this, point.
1: Um, do you have some concerns about uh, like some of the coaching decisions, like with the the fake run? to the jump pass for Dalvin that he fumbled Um, onside kicking with two minutes and 40 seconds left and still two timeouts plus the two minute warning. Um, I know the defense wasn't stopping them. Like I get it going for two because the new analytics say go for two when you're down 14. Um, It ended up kind of mattering a little bit um, or could have, if we would have gotten the ball back. Um, Is this just like everybody had a bad day at the office except for Kirk and JJ and let's move on.
0: I think that I think that I've I felt great about. Oklahoma. I think he's awesome. I think he struggled a little bit in this game compared to his, the rest of the maybe maybe season.
1: a little overmatched when
0: I thought uh, the I things thought were... he got beat up a little bit in his coaching and I don't I that doesn't mean that I did I've lost faith. I mean Vikings fans and sports fans in general are pretty fickle about how fast they love and hate coaches. Oh totally, totally. I love KOC. He deserves to be up for Coach of the Year. Um, I have such faith in him, but I thought that his worst thing was. Um, running power out of shotgun on fourth and one in the first quarter on on our own side of the Nothing field. Nothing drives me
1: I more bonkers. It. it makes me sound like an old man than running
0: from the gun in short yardage situations. I hate it so much. I, I hated that call. You have, you have Je- Jefferson, you have um, Hawkinson. You, you know, I just think that was a mistake. I would have, if you're going to run, I would have ran out of something else. Hated that call. Um, I thought that the- um, The jump pass? The pass call- on first down uh, from really, the two? Like,
1: come on. What are, we, what are we doing? I didn't
0: like the call. Um, I also thought Cook was just absolutely an abominate play. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really love that Dude, call. he did not look uh, like the, an I athlete
1: was, at all. It look, He looked like it was his first carry in the NFL. Like, that's how scared he it was. It really yeah. did.
0: Um, I thought that the going for two, um, I don't know the analytics of it. I know that all of the teams are starting to do that now especially when they're down more than one score for some reason. So I'm not going to question that. It sounds like the the football nerds were all like, yes, that's the right call. I felt like it was like and way too early. I
1: could see in the fourth quarter, but at that point it didn't seem like that was the right call.
0: I wanted him to kick it deep, but I also know he was just like, uh, what What do I have to base um, this defense can stop them on over the no, past nothing. five games? No, nothing. Totally nothing. They're literally just killing us. And and the guy, I should have mentioned this earlier, the guy who absolutely um, torpedoed our game, just like suicide bombed our game, was Cam Bynum. He was guilty for every bad thing that happened in this game. If you remember the first touchdown to Jameson Williams, he it was cover three. He literally gets caught looking in the backfield gets flat-footed, Jamison Williams runs right past him for the easiest touchdown on his first ever catch. Uh, the Raymond touchdown, uh, they move Bynum up. He's man-to-man in the slot. The only rule on goal line is to not let your guy inside. He let him run directly inside on a slant, didn't even get close to getting a hand on him, was nowhere to be found on that touchdown. And then on the last play of the game, the big play, the pass to Penn I Sewell, the fucking left tackle. That
2: was the craziest thing. I was like, I can't That's even believe this show right now.
0: He goes in motion. Patrick Peterson turns around, points to Bynum, and tells Bynum to move to the outside with Sewell like he's any motion player. Bynum either doesn't hear him or isn't paying attention or doesn't know what he's doing, runs the opposite way, Mm -hmm. and then leaves that play alone. As Patrick Peterson was calling, Bynum, you got to get out here. You got to get out here on it, no matter who it is, even if it's alignment. And Bynum went the wrong way, and then they got the easy catch. So he killed our game. So we will move on. We still believe, Skull Vikings. They're going to be just fine. They're going to get a big win. We're ten and three.
1: Why is there, I don't understand. why it. Everybody's it's freaking been out. Year, you, you had a, it's been a great year. I had the best time. We beat the yeah, Bills on the term. road in a in
0: a close yeah, game. It's that
2: negative one point uh, differential that everybody's freaking out. If it's about. not
1: that, it's going to be something else. Like who cares? I don't, yeah.
0: give, I don't give a fuck anymore. I don't. I, uh, sports media. They can. They'll. They'll talk themselves into why it wasn't bad that the Cowboys had to come from behind against the pitiful Texans at home. Yeah, that's a, that's a true
1: test of, like, Dak Prescott's character. He's such a great, he's a great yeah. leader. He rallied the troops against the pitiful, yeah. blah, blah, blah,
0: blah, You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they just... Exactly. All right, guys, real quick college football news. Heisman goes to Caleb Williams, transferred from Oklahoma to USC this year, and uh, looks like a future Vikings quarterback.
1: Ooh, i would feel real good.
0: He's going to draft in two years. Right about the time we're going to need your or we'll trade that pick to the Packers and they'll take him. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. So that's it for that. Uh, Also in college sports and in college football, I guess PJ Fleck signed with the Gophers for the rest of his life. Yeah, seems like it. This is like his His seventy-third extension. Yeah, sixth extension in six years coaching. Yeah, every year he signs a new seven-year deal. Well, it's a one-year extension. It's
1: a one-year extension that ups the uh, not buyout clause, but like whatever it is that. Um, You know, if someone wants to – if he goes and signs with some other team, they owe him this much money, something like that.
0: I I don't care, to be honest with you. I think that college football coaches are just – absolutely like a Ponzi scheme at this point. Like I can't even believe if you get one of those head jobs in a power five conference, you're set for life because you can just re up your contract. If you win four games for 12 years. And then if you leave, then the donors will just pay you $20 million. It's crazy. He's making it's crazy. $6 million a season.
1: So that's like, a, we're paying a million dollars a win
0: roughly. <laughs> roll the boat. Roll the boat. I, it's funny. Cause Minnesotans like hate PJ Fleck for some reason. Like, I don't know why he's he's fine. He's he's like, he is what he is. Like we are Minnesota football. We're slightly better than when he got here. I don't know. Like it is what it is. Uh, there is something that we're going to talk about briefly here. And then we may never talk about it again. Uh, go for basketball.
1: Okay. Stinks.
2: So we're acknowledging that they exist.
0: Go for basketball. Basketball. Has never been worse than it is right now. I almost feel like signing like a glorified AAU coach in Ben Johnson who had all these links to all the players around the country. I don't know if he can coach. Like we're getting beat up by like mid-major teams that I've never heard of.
1: <laughs> so right. we, we are really like, I,
0: I don't know if he can coach or recruit. I don't think he's done either so far. I don't know what he does, but he, I'm sure his buyout is huge, and I'm sure he got an extension after last, last year. I mean, these are the games that we're playing, guys. Like, I'm going to just name the teams, and you're going to be alarmed. We beat Western Michigan by one. We beat St. Francis BK. What is BK? I don't even Burger know. Mm-hmm. Deep Paul <laughs> beat the fuck out of us at home in Minnesota. Okay, hold on a second. Then we can, beat you say, Central. can you say it right? We DePaul. DePaul, thank you, not d Then we played Central Michigan, played them in a tight game. We beat California Baptist by one. <laughs> well, you know California Baptist, they're really up and coming. They're he the, ones, they're the, the UNLV, wolves
1: of college basketball.
0: Yeah. Lost to UNLV, lost to Virginia Tech, got fucked up by number one Purdue. That's, that's ex- acceptable. Got messed up by Michigan, got messed up by Mississippi State. And now I'm scared of what's going to happen in the next few games as we have Arkansas Pine Bluff, <laughs> Chicago State, Elkhorn State, and then number 22, Wisconsin. I think we might go 0-4. <laughs> to the Pine Bluff? This team is so Dude, bad. Don't so don't discount
1: bad. Chicago State, okay? They're a good team.
0: Uh, yeah, it's really getting ugly. Now, the one thing that we do have going for us at the U of M is that Fleck is signed for literally the rest of his life. <laughs> and go for hockey... Gopher hockey might get banned from playing hockey as they are so hot, they're going to melt the ice. Uh, They literally scored seven goals against Wisconsin on Friday night as they were just showering in goals, mostly with their big studs. And then they played Wisconsin again on Saturday at home, fell behind early on some sketchy penalty calls, two to nothing. And then in the the last three and a half minutes of the first and the first 30 seconds of the second, they scored four goals. Uh, Ended up winning the game six to four. Logan Cooley is going to go into the NHL and be an absolute beast playing in that like 2000 seat auditorium that they have in Phoenix. And then Snuggerud, nice Faber, And the list just goes on and on. This team is awesome. They are a true contender for the national title, best goal for team in 20 years, and I honestly feel that way. I know as soon as we get off the Olympic ice and we go play against a bunch of Canadian men in the tournament, we'll probably get beat up and lose. But this is a team we should be excited about. Year five or six of Bob Motzko, and you can tell that they made the right hire because suddenly we are recruiting top, top, top talent in the country. And we are fun to watch. Highest scoring team in college hockey. Let's go. I mean, Eric. So I is heard the... that we
2: were the, the the hot the studs were showering, uh, and it's so hot it melted the ice. I don't know. I was
1: texting. And... <laughs> Eric, I got a question is the, Is the are is the bandwagon on the interstate or are we on the
0: autobahn at this point where there's Ooh. no speed limit? I mean, the amount of goals we're scoring, we're on the autobahn. Okay. This thing is flying. Like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be in a car and you're gonna have to open the door and jump out while still at full speed just to get on at this point. Oh boy, Um, it is bizarre that the tickets are expensive for the games and the waiting list for season tickets is like eternal. But every time I watch them, it's like sixty percent full in there. Yeah, because probably everybody's trying to sell their shit. Companies have them. I fucking hate that. Yeah, all these companies have them, and then no one it's, gets to it's, go see the game. It's the
1: the black rock of tickets, where like these hedge funds are buying houses and just hoarding them, and
0: nobody can afford anything. They're doing the same thing with tickets. <laughs>
2: yeah, tinfoil. Um,
0: yeah, not great, not great. So, go for hockey is great though. Uh, a couple other pieces of news for everyone: Brittany Griner is back out of prison in Russia. Thanks, Trump. If if you are an asshole. Who's trying to pretend like uh, an American citizen being held for a punishment and being punished way beyond what a crime would would deserve. Yeah. And uh, us getting them out of prison. I think that you're just being a dick. You're just trying to be a problem. Uh, The the banter back and forth on this between Democrats and Republicans is just absurd. You had Trump saying he would have gotten Griner out right away. And then everyone's saying Biden's not doing enough. And then he gets her out. And then people are saying, why did he do this? Uh, I just, I'm sick of it. There's no reason that we shouldn't be trying to protect American citizens, whether they're tall or short, they're straight or gay, they're black, brown, whatever it is. You should you should be fighting for Americans to not be in sketchy Russian prisons. And I think this is a good thing. So don't be an asshole about this. Let's celebrate um, having a great athlete and an American just as important as any of us out of a sketchy Russian prison.
2: I'll tell you what, put yourself in the situation. You got arrested because you were drunk in Moscow or whatever it might be. Something somewhat relatable like this was really, uh-huh. you're in a fucking Russian prison looking at another 10 years. I, I would yeah. be like, let every Russian fucking mobster out now. Um, start yeah. a war. If you have to, I don't give a fuck. Get me home. And so <laughs> I just look at it from her perspective of like,
1: dude, yeah, you got to pay a price, whatever it was. Uh, we got an American and not only would you be saying that to yourself, obviously, but like your family would be saying it, your friends would be yeah. saying it, yeah. People would be yelling it from the rooftops. Like, who gives a fuck about this old arms dealer? Just drop a tomahawk on him in a week, and it's They're not even a problem. Him anyways. Yeah, he's going to be back
0: in prison in no time. I think. I think the biggest problem is just. Um, he's going to be taking up some of the sales that the U S government was making to (laughs) really hurt the pocket. They (laughs) had
1: to figure out how they were going to make money off of them. I also think that um, that Brittany Griner was a pioneer. Like she was one of the first like openly gay uh, female athletes to be like prominently featured. Um, She could dunk like she was like all world and um, I'm glad she's home. Um, I don't care about that former Marine that was doing weird shit over in fucking Russia on his own. Um, give me Brittany Grinder over somebody who's been dishonorably discharged all day. I know that's the, the, the Facebook meme that's uh, making the rounds. It's like Biden left a Marine at home and brought a black woman or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, the just uh, the stupid outrage.
2: Guess what? that guy might be a big piece of shit and they're still, they've been working for years to get him back, but guess what? He's there for espionage. It's a little tougher. So yeah, we want him home too, even if
0: he's sketchy. Agreed. All right, guys. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, talking twins here. Uh, they've missed out on uh, spending uh, enough to buy themselves small islands for guys who are like 34 years old, uh, but they're still actually trying to spend that money on Carlos Correa. Uh, he's going to get, something around 300 million on like a 12 year deal. I might be the only person in Minnesota who doesn't want this to happen. I don't know how we could just bring back Correa, but then lock ourselves up for 12 years with him from last year, um, aging, uh, and then think we're going to be okay. I mean, Eric, you said it, said it
1: perfectly last week. It's irresponsible if we pay that. It's if we it's pay that,
0: irresponsible. You're not the fucking Yankees. Like the Red Sox aren't trying to do this. It'd be one thing. And the it'd Red be one Sox, thing if we had
1: money. four year old stud pitchers like the Astros, yeah. and we we're like, eh, fuck it, let's get a shortstop. Like who cares? Um, yeah. We don't have any of those. Um, so to say, like oh, we're going to spend money on a shortstop. I realize it's an important position. I feel like you could find someone in the bargain bin for that spot, but you can't do that with pitchers, which is what we've been doing. We need to reverse gears here and do mm-hmm. the opposite.
0: Uh, so they did make us signing though, and that was 32-year-old catcher Christian Vasquez, who has spent most of his career as a pretty big prospect and a decent catcher. For the Red Sox, he was traded last year at the deadline to Houston, and he won a World Series as one of their catchers. Uh, he's supposed to be a really good defensive catcher and a pretty decent hitting catcher. But he is thirty-two, three years, thirty million. Um, yeah, it's no, not a needle no, mover. It's just he's just. Hey, listen,
1: when you when you're thirty-two and you play
0: three times a
1: week, you know it's not that big of a deal.
0: Yeah. Um. So not not great uh, from the Twins so far, but we will see. Um. It's just the my one question, I guess, would be to you, Barter, uh, as a as our you know, resident Twins fan. Um. The number is uh two point five. Okay, two point five is the number. Uh, over under two point five pitchers we sign that uh, currently need or will need Tommy John surgery before sure. the end of the year. Over. smash the <laughs> <See>, over. <laughs> Because every year we are like, yeah, this guy, he might need Tommy John surgery. Well, but you also, you we also have to factor
1: that. in the fact that we will
0: sign guys who just had it and then yes. we'll rehab oh, we them
1: and then hope that they come back to a la Michael Pineda.
0: Yes, we like that move. And then, like, anyone who did get rehabbed properly um, would just sign with a better team shortly <laughs> after. after he wasted all of his time rehabbing here with us. Yeah, t- players um, are like,
1: dude, you could just go to the Twins and get free insurance. Like you don't even have to do anything. They'll do it for you and then you can skedaddle in a couple seasons. No problem. It's
2: nice in the summers here. Just summer here. Uh go to Mayo, get rehabbed, and then go play on the Oakland or something, you know.
0: All right. Uh guys, we gotta move on to the World Cup, Ooh. the biggest event that's happening in sports right now. This last weekend we had a brilliant game between France and England. And I thought this was a real showcase. Of the sport. Well, the whole, the um, whole weekend was. was fantastic. Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. were great. Yeah. Um, this though was probably their marquee game. Wouldn't you say? That's why they put it as last on Sunday. I think. Yeah.
1: For Western oh, audiences, nasty. I'd say for sure. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, two massive teams, two of the favorites to win it. Um, probably the winner of that game is the favorite to win, win the tournament at that point. Um, France, uh, definitely, I don't think it was the better team, but they were definitely the more clinical team. As they took their chances, England couldn't. Uh, Harry Kane missed a late penalty, which made me and I think a lot of people happy because mm. he's a smug douchebag. And uh, he'll have to live with that forever, just being uh, not a champion and never winning a trophy anywhere because he just plays literally
1: trophyless
0: across the board. Trophyless. He's going to be like the leading scorer in the history of the Premier League, the leading scorer in the history of Tottenham, the leading scorer in the history of England, and he'll have zero trophies. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I, I almost hope he goes somewhere late in his career, like he goes to like Ber- Bayern Munich, and then he like wins seven trophies. And then Spurs fans just had to live with the fact that he had to leave a la Kevin Garnett. Yeah, I was going to say
1: this uh, sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> T- triggering many Minnesota fans
0: right now, Eric.
2: Yeah. But good for so,
0: that game was great, but it does lead us to our final four in the world cup. We have Lionel Messi and Argentina, who I almost can assure everyone will choke um, in the final two rounds here. Uh, we're definitely getting a crying Messi. Um, but they are in the final four. They're the final team from uh, the Americas, South America. Um, they're playing against the uh, 2018 runner-up, Croatia, who I don't think many people thought were going to make it this far. Their golden generation is still there. They're just all in their mid-30s at this point. Uh, and, and hey, listen, they're
1: living their best there. life, man. They're thriving. They played play well in Euros, too. Um,
0: so those two will duke it out on one side of the bracket. On the other side, we have the defending champs, France. Uh, with, I think at this point, pretty obviously the best player in the world in Kylian Mbappe. Um, and they're playing against the first African team to ever make it to the semifinals of a World Cup. And that is Morocco. Love the it. Darlings of- you
2: got to cheer for them. I'm to really- be cheering for Morocco. Here.
0: Morocco has only given up one goal in the and entire it was an tournament goal. so far. And it was an own goal. So no one has scored a goal on them. They've only scored well, on And themselves. they've beaten
1: France, uh, Germany, Portugal. I forget the, the list. But, like, they've they've beat some clubs. They beat some teams that are some dudes, you know?
0: I, I can't. I'm really It would be a blast to see Morocco um, win the whole thing. I am absolutely uh, cheering I, for
1: Morocco because I want Hakim Ziyech to up some value for himself for the January window and we can ah, make a little cash on him.
0: So there is some bad parts to the tournament though as uh, the death. Yeah. So who was the People who, are dying.
2: So, so
0: who was who was the uh, American Grant journalist who Wall. passed away there? So Grant Wall dies with some weird circumstances surrounding his death. His brother claims he's been killed. He was kicked out of a stadium for wearing a rainbow shirt. And then at the Argentina game this weekend, he suddenly like dropped dead and like fell, fell ill and died in the ambulance before he could get to the hospital.
1: So the story is a little bit more nuanced because he was writing on his own personal blog. That he had been suffering from a cold, whatever, that kind of like transformed into something else. Um, He had gone to a medical facility. They told him it was bronchitis. Um, And from everything that I've read in other parts of the world, it can be very easy to misdiagnose bronchitis for heart-related or pulmonary related symptoms that could be more serious, but without an EKG or out further tests, it'd be difficult to find out if he had like a blood clot in his lung or some sort of, you know, heart condition. So I don't think it's as quite as like, it's not like, Oh, he, he slipped in his bathtub. Like he was literally like sitting next to his agent and his agent or like uh, his business partner was like, yeah, he, he went into like some sort of arrest and they had to take him by ambulance and he died on the way. So it didn't seem quite as fishy as initially reported.
2: Carter, I mean, I don't know if I love this side of you. I thought this was your chance to put on the tinfoil because sp- now I've heard somebody else, some other journalist in a Qatari paper published that someone else suddenly died. So I don't know if there's much detail on that yet, but it does seem a little
1: suspicious. It is suspicious. I mean, I don't want that to be the case. I agree. I think it's, I think it's a little coincidental, but um, yeah, I know. I, I wanted it. No, I didn't want it to be the, no. the tinfoil hat was thumping on the top of my head.
2: I think it was. And you actually looked into it and like, just like running with it. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: totally. You did, you... Most of the okay. tinfoil opinions I have are just things I've right there.
2: Yeah, First it, time you ever thought. Of yeah, exactly. It, right exactly. <laughs> Those are my faves.
0: All right, guys. And the last thing for the world cup, someone from us's camp has released a story that Gio Reyna was almost sent home from the world cup. Uh, The reason he didn't play was because he pissed everybody off. They played in, like, a friendly match um, before the World Cup in a warm-up, and he was putting in so little effort that they almost sent him home. He later apologized to the team and then barely played in the tournament. Uh, This is a damaging report for, like, a super promising young player um, that the U.S. has. I think that Reyna, I'm not saying he will get there, but I think his ceiling is even higher than Pulisic's ceiling. Um, but sure. it doesn't sound like, with a work ethic like that, it doesn't sound like he's going to ever get there um, because this is not great news for um, the U.S. that they couldn't even play one of their best Okay,
1: players. so let me add a little color to it as, as some of this information has come out. First of all, it was Greg Berhalter that dropped the story minus the name. So he was talking at some, like, leadership conference or something in New York, and he said, like, speaking of the World Cup, we had a player... And then he kind of went into the, the details of the story. Uh, he, he you know, he wasn't working hard. We had to address it. The team, he had to apologize to the team or we were going to send him home, blah, blah, blah. So, like, all yeah. of that was voluntarily given by Greg, like, unprompted. Yeah. And then I think, you know, journalists doing their job were able to get confirmation from either a player, a staff member, somebody that it was Geo. So. I don't Mm -hmm. think the staff member specifically leaked all the information because Greg had told 98% of it. And then Um,
0: Greg is saying, then that means Greg is saying, Hey, you want to come for my job? Why I didn't play Gio? Well, we didn't play him because he's a fucking dick.
1: He's defending himself, but he also, he had told Gio. um, And now this timeline gets a little gray. It's a little murky, but he said he was going to have a very limited role with the world cup team. This was prior to the incident. And so now we're, I'm connecting the dots here. Gio said in his statement today, "I acted immaturely. I was told I was going to have a very limited role and I was disheartened and I let my emotions get the best of me and I was acting, you know, unbecoming of a US Men's National Team player and he was, you know, goofing around and not taking it seriously and then he got kind of reprimanded by the team. I think he apologized and that should have been the end of it. But then Greg had to go in uh kind of spill the beans on this and it just makes it seem like Greg dude, what you, I mean, what are you doing as a manager? How do you know Geo's not going to play? Like, what if in the first 30 minutes you realize, boy, we could really use a guy like Reyna in this match? Like, that just that type of stuff doesn't make any sense as a manager. So, um, the, you know, you could read between the lines with a lot of these things. I feel like, um, you know, the truth is probably somewhere in between uh, both sides of that story. Uh, but I don't think it was just, like, Gio was lazy. They almost sent him home. And that's the end of the story. I think there were, you know, maybe some motivation for him. Like there were some reasons he was kind of pissed off. Um, like, why should I try? And he's, you know, he's like a 18 year old or 20 year old kid. So um, bound to be petulants uh, every once in a while. So I don't think that's the worst thing. That's not, that's not a crime that he should be unforgiven, you know, or not forgiven for. So
0: anyway, that's the,
1: that's the larger picture.
0: All right, guys, uh, let's make our picks here. Who's going to win Argentina or Croatia?
2: Argentina.
0: I think Croatia. We should stick with Jim because he's like a, a genius. Yeah. A I'm, I'm going. Yeah. I'm
1: going only on emotion. That I'm 38 percent Croatian, and I'm just going with the motherland. Oh, I didn't realize that. I
0: think, I think I'm going to go with Argentina uh, in this game, but I do think it's going to be really close. Like, probably go to Penn. And then, who's going to win? France or Morocco?
2: Gotta be France. I mean, I know I'm picking the boring, obvious ones, but
1: I
0: mean, I'm going France.
1: Too. I think. I think, I think with our hearts. I think all of us would love to see Morocco win. I think yeah, if we had to sure. bet our houses on it, we would all pick France yeah. without even blinking for one second.
2: We pick France. And then, you know, how cool? I mean, it would be very cool, right, to see an African nation in the championship final. But yes. we also would love to see, like, Killian versus Messi, no? Well,
0: oh, but, oh that's such a heavyweight yeah. matchup.
2: So let's do that. Let's have the big teams win because it's well, that's- more fun to see the this- Ours.
1: Eric wants chaos until he wants Mbappe versus Messi, and I think that's right. I mean, Eric, come on!
0: I'm I'm cheering for, I'm cheering for Croatia and Morocco. Right. That's what I want. But I will not be upset if we get Mbappe versus Messi, the torch passing game when France wins two nothing, and we get tons of Messi.
1: <laughs> Perfect. That would be nice. I'd I'd be okay with that. I think I think I think two it. of the three matchups I think are big. I think if you got Croatia France. Argentina, France, or Argentina, Morocco. Those would all be fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, so, who you guys have? I have France two zip over Argentina
1: uh, two two penalties. France. Ooh, Ooh, damn, dude, you son of a bitch. Like That's that, the best me. one. I They're can't. i go pens. What am I going to even? Tr- I can't even come up with a scenario that would top that. Five five Messi, five Messi. five, and it goes to pens. <laughs>
0: Messi missing a penalty to lose the World Cup. Oh, that'd be incredible. Almost
2: Harry Kane ask. It would be beautiful.
0: Ryan, who do you got? Croatia? Or oh, France? I got rematch.
1: I got France, Croatia, like I said, five five, final score, penalties. Love it. And France wins.
0: So we all think France is winning the title. That's fine. Yep. Smart pick. It's a smart pick. Back-to-back. It would be the first back-to-back in a really long time. Um, So, guys, that's it. That's all the time that we have this week on the Nordies Podcast. Uh, Tune into our next episode, our screencast. Can't wait. Until then, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nordies Podcast.